You are listening to the show that's reinventing the podcast game. It's time for the Maddie Faz Podcast. And now, here's the man who's been so, so deaf since the AOL Instant Messenger days. From the home of Pretty Fuzzy Productions at the Jersey Shore, the one and only Maddie Faz. It is a very, very busy day here at uh, Pretty Fuzzy Productions, and uh, this interview is actually, uh, you know, it's been put together for a little bit, but uh, uh, we did it last week, and uh, there were a few reasons why we held off. Uh, I'm actually in the middle of a little bit of a move, so uh, uh, my equipment was kind of all over the place, so, you know, it was just, uh, you know, I... I told I've told you that you know we're, we're building the the, the the working title right now is is the fuzzy fortress, but uh, it, it, I told you it's above ground. I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure what what to call it yet. But uh, you know, we did this at 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 the you know normal studio at the Foxhole, and uh, I'm editing now in the makeshift office. Uh, it's like purgatory, sort of. So. It literally, it's like, uh, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. It just doesn't have the character of the foxhole. Uh, I tried to add a little bit. I, I, I got Ric Flair on the wall. I got Bruce Springsteen from the uh, the uh, Hammersmith uh, concert in, what was it, 75? And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying. I got an over-the-top poster. I'm, I'm trying here. I'm trying. I, I got a Rocky Four poster. I, I just I just haven't hung everything yet, so... I do have a few Mets and Giants posters from when Models was going out of business. I don't know if I'll hang those. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird time. But uh, I've been teasing the airing of this for, for, for quite a bit of time. But finally, uh, I'm, I'm putting it out right now. And uh, I just wanted to kind of come on just for, for, for a second before... Uh, and, uh, you know, just, just kind of give you the lowdown on, on what's going on. Uh, awesome interview with, uh, Lilo Brancato Jr. I, you know, just, it's a very, very complicated kind of story because I mean, it literally, I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's been in two of my favorite, uh, you know, uh, my, one of my favorite movies and, and TV shows ever. And, um, obviously got caught up in, you know, a pretty bad situation. So, uh, but he does talk about that, uh, and and the the thing that was refreshing. I mean, he seemed look. Uh, you know, I was with him for you know probably two hours or whatever, and we, we had a decent sized group with us. And uh, you know, I, I, I he seemed genuine. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I know there's you know there's some people who have accept accepted him back, some people who haven't. But you know, I think he's got the right attitude, and uh, you know, he will kind of you know uh keep you know chipping away at this and uh and doing the right thing but but he seems to be on 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 the straight and narrow so uh you know it was a very and as i told him you'll hear the one part in in the interview it's it's about an hour long that uh it's just refreshing i mean not that i'm sitting here interviewing all kinds of sports stars and all kinds of things but uh, I watch quite a lot and listen to quite a lot, and it's just nice to hear somebody just 
at least answer questions somewhat honestly i feel like or 100 percent honestly but he answered the questions though he didn't evade anything and um had some great i mean really i mean you know for somebody like me i mean to get the you know the bronx tale and sopranos stories and stuff like that that's you know that's really the uh you know the just the uh the home run so I'm going to play the interview in, in just a moment, but I just wanted to explain why it, it, a little bit of why things were a little, uh, you know, kind of delayed and convoluted here. Cause I know I've been talking about it on social media, but uh, you know, yes, there was a move. So my equipment was kind of half in one place, half in the other. And, uh, and also uh, we, we uh, have a title sponsor for, for this show and, just some other elements that I wanted to toss in that you will hear throughout the show. So um, with that being said, before we get into the podcast and interview and everything, I I just wanted to say that today's podcast and special interview is being brought to you by Lay Logistics, the title sponsor of today's show, a 100% family-owned, Jersey-based freight transportation and logistics company. They offer 40-plus years of knowledge, experience, and the relationships to prove it. Lay Logistics identifies your shipping needs and handles accordingly. No more of the 1-800 numbers and crossing your fingers that your freight is picked up. Visit their website at laylogistics.com or call them at 908-380-8416. You can speak anytime directly to the person booking, tracing, and most importantly, ensuring your freight arrives on time. Also, Lay Logistics is a TIA member, and they'll move all types and sizes of freight, dry and refrigerated goods, from as little as one pallet to a full truckload. And I can speak personally, knowing the professionals involved with the company, and I've used the service myself. It's a call that will make your life a lot easier, especially if you're shipping stuff, uh, and who doesn't want that? At Lay Logistics, they take the word cargo and emphasize go and of course, Lay Logistics, the title sponsor of today's very special podcast, Maddie Faz Podcast. Actor Lilo Broncado Jr. I probably pronounce it different every single time, and I even asked them during. I just wanted to, you know, it's, I just wanted to make sure. But uh, uh, but we thank uh, Lay Logistics for uh, their support on this. And uh, without further ado, here is uh, here's our interview. Uh, a little bit over an hour. Uh, I think with one break with uh, with with, with uh, actor Lilo Roncado Jr. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Maddie Faz Podcast live down here at the Jersey Shore. Pretty fuzzy productions and uh, special uh, guest in the building today. We've been promising it, but uh, you know, for any for, for any doubters or haters out there, the man himself, you know, made his way down from uh, New York today. He needs no introduction, but since uh, you can't really see, since it's a podcast form, uh, C from uh, from Bronx Tale, Matthew Bevilacqua from The Sopranos, or as a legal name, Lilo Broncado Jr. How's, how's it going, man? It's going well. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate you coming down here. Uh, you guys made it down here in record time. I feel a little bad. I was a little, uh, little disheveled when you guys got here. <laughs> but uh, no, I uh, definitely appreciate you making it down here. Uh, for this and uh you know i mean i'll start with it how's everything been going on uh life professionally and such um i can actually say i'm really happy with the way things have been going as of late um things are starting to pick up career-wise um 
you know, so things are, things are going well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, um, I know I was, you know, just just reading up, you know, some some of the stuff. And obviously, of course, you know, it doesn't tell the whole story of, you know, Wikipedia is not going to tell everything that's going on. Um, I mean, do you have any specific projects you're working on or that you can talk about or anything like that or or still kind of like shopping around? No, uh, I got a uh, film. Uh, I was just at the uh, premiere the other night um, called Dead on Arrival. My good friend, Stephen Seffer, he also wrote and produced Heist. Okay. With Robert De Niro, Morris yeah. Chestnut. This was his second feature. Um, and I got a film called Fury of the Dragon. Should be out sometime next year. I actually have the trailer on my uh, Instagram. Okay. The link to the what, trailer. What, well, you know, I mean, we'll get out your information again, but it's just, I guess, just to throw it out there. What, what, what What's your uh, Instagram page? It's Lilo, L-I-L-L-O, underscore Brancato, B-R-A-N-C-A-T-O. Okay. Is that the actual pronunciation, Lilo? Lilo. Okay, you know, all right, I apologize. I got no, that wrong. Right. I, I was trying, I, I, I wasn't sure well, if it was Lilo. Well, you call me Lilo, <laughs> you know? Um, okay, so Lilo, actually, I never, uh, that's, that's a new tidbit for me. I um, thought it was the other way. But, uh, okay, so but, but things are starting to pick up and, and you're, you know, you're, you're getting, at least, I mean, do, do you feel like you're getting, you know, good, fair chances at, 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 at scripts and, you know, or, you know, or again, getting, you know, good scripts and... You know, the opportunities... Um, that I have had some of them, I kind of created myself. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. There've been a lot of doors, yeah. you know, that weren't open to me, yeah. but I know that goes with the territory and mm -hmm. I knew coming home that this yeah. kind of thing would happen. So, uh, you know, I did some contingency planning and, yeah. uh, you know, no, if I didn't get the work, I can create it myself. Yeah. Also, I, uh, they're doing a documentary on my life, a New York city, a retired New York it city police officer. His name is Steve Stanulis. He's, uh, you know, was, you know, raised the money yeah. and is directing it. Um, is that the one? Is that wasted talent? Right. Okay, I, I was. I, well, right. that's the title. That's the working title. Okay, yeah, I read about. Yeah, was, that's one of the things I'd read about. Yeah. <clears throat> that's the working title. We don't know as of yet if that's going to be, you know, final. Yeah. But you know, I mean, it's uh, has a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of meaning yeah. because of what I went through and, of course, the Bronx Tale. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's not something I wrote. That's something that Chaz but you are, but you're, wrote. But, um, but you're, uh, with the documentary, you're involved with it, though. Are, are you, are you... No, not as a producer or anything uh, but, like Okay, but, but I'm saying it has your consent, though. Or... Well, is, yeah, is he, absolutely. Okay, okay, okay. Well, you know, I, I'm, you know... I, you're, you're cooperating with the Right, production. absolutely. I mean, I sat down with Steve Stanulis yeah. prior to, uh, you know, uh, committing to doing it and uh, saw that he was a very fair and responsible guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my whole reason behind doing this is I wanted to serve as a cautionary tale. I wanted to be seen by, you know, the younger generation and for them to, you know, see it and, you know, in hopes of deterring them from yeah. doing some of the things that I did that, and, the, and the path that I went down. Yeah. You know, and if I could help one kid, that's, that's yeah. you know, I'm doing, doing something really good. Uh, absolutely. And I mean, we'll, we'll get into that and, and you know, not, and, not to totally start with it, but I, I just wanted that one thing in, in regards to that. I mean, since you since you've been back, I mean, has, has there been anything that surprised you, either positive or negatively, that you didn't expect, or were you kind of has it kind of gone how you expected mentally? You know, since since you've been back, or you know, just as it play, you know, things played out how you thought, or you know, or did something really like shock you, like that, like wow, I can't believe this door opened or this door closed or something like you know to that effect. Um, 
Well, I was I was offered a role in American Sniper. Okay. Um, parole wouldn't let me go to Morocco, unfortunately. Really? Because okay. it was early on yeah. when I first got home. Yeah. And I hadn't, you know, established any kind of rapport with them. Mm-hmm. Well, there was no trust. I didn't complete my drug program. I didn't do any of the things so you, I was yeah. mandated you didn't to have do. Like, you didn't have the leverage to, Absolutely to do anything not. like that. And, you know, listen, this is a... Uh, this is something that I, I created this problem for myself yeah. and I have to deal with it. And I did the best way. Yeah. But you know, even that, even to get an offer, you know, for yeah. a film like that, by, Absolutely, you know, by yeah. Clint Eastwood, who's someone hey. that I respect and admire and love very much. Yeah. Um, also I was cast in a Woody Allen film called Wonder Wheel. Should be out soon. Justin Tame. And, and those are two uh, things you just named right off the top of your head that would be most actors' dream scenarios. Right. To absolutely. work with one of those two. So to mean to even ha- be under consideration for either is a you know right. No, is, is, a, is a very very and, and, very big and, you step. Know, especially after all that has happened. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's much more appreciation for this sort of thing. Yeah. Because let's face it, my life could have been much different. Yeah. Well, and I get and 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 like I said before, we I want I want to rewind, uh, you know, back to you know to to the start of your movie career and, and that stuff. But I guess the, the one other question I would have, you know, since you've been back, I mean, how is the uh, relationship been with your family? I mean, has there been any strain, anything like that, any no, problems like that? I mean, they're, they're right there with you. Yeah, that's which I'm, I imagine is the most important. Yeah, well, thing. that's that's better than ever. Yeah, I oh, mean, that's great. They like that's the person that I've become. Yeah. I'm proud to say on November 18th, I'm going to celebrate 11 years sober. That's great. And uh, of course, with that sobriety comes trust. Yeah. You know, people can once again trust you. When I first came home, maybe, you know, they thought maybe he was only sober because he was in jail. But now I got almost four years under my belt being on the street and being home. And, uh, you know, so things are, uh, it feels good to be trusted. That's great. It feels good to be trusted. Well, yeah, I mean, you just got like, you know. String days, stays together, then string weeks together, and then, you know, then it starts to just become part of like the right. fabric, probably, you know, of, of right. who you are now. So absolutely, my brother, my brother's got uh, my brother married his, you know, his high school sweetheart. They yeah. got my nephew, who Jay met today. My favorite, I told him, he's my favorite human in the world. And then I got my two little nieces, a year and yeah. eight months. So that's a joy, just that's being great. able, to, you know, to watch them grow up. Absolutely, you know? <clears throat> uh, that's uh, that, well, that, that part's great to hear. So, uh, that, that, you know. Good shit on that one for sure. Thank you. Um, we'll, you know, we'll come back to, 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 to some of that chapter, but um, we'll, we'll rewind it back. And obviously, as you you, know, you pointed out when you, when you walked in here, there definitely is a Bronx Tale poster uh, in, in, uh, in 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 here. That we call it the foxhole down here. You know, well, that's, yeah, even my my buddy John. I mean, that was our saying amongst our friends. You know, you you want your friends. You know, the, the friends who will be in the foxhole with you. You know, when when shit goes bad. So. I don't know. I thought, thought between that and it being underground, Foxhole kind of worked down yeah, here. Yeah, so yeah. I, I have a problem though because the new studio I'm building is above ground, so I got to come up with something. <laughs> I don't know if it works quite as well, yeah. but uh, um, but you know, but again, yeah, no, we do appreciate you uh, m- making it down here um, tonight. Oh, so my pleasure. Yeah, what uh, what age did you start? You know, getting into you know in, into acting arts things things of that nature i mean how, how did how did it happen i mean in like, like what age uh, i was like know? 15 about to be 16 okay so you weren't you didn't start like when you no, were no 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 okay. i never even thought about doing anything like that okay it kind of fell on my lap i mean i was in at the beach yeah it was at jones beach in long island 1992 july 5th 
Uh-huh. And the Bronx Tale, there was an open call audition. They were huh. just looking for, you know, they wanted to make it as authentic as possible. Yeah. And uh, I was discovered on the beach. They were handing out flyers. I was in the water. My brother told the guy who was handing out flyers that, uh, you know, he said that my brother would be perfect. Came and got me out of the water. The guy saw that I bore a resemblance to De Niro, invited me to the Belmont Playhouse in the Bronx. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not only did he discover, but I discovered my, I also discovered myself that I had some talent in being able yeah. to, in, in and the and ability to be able to do this. From there, I mean, did, you, did they make you go through a rigorous tryout or anything? Or, or did they look at you and kind of say, No, like, no, oh, it, it was, uh, no, because you have to understand what it is. This is Robert De Niro's directorial debut. Oh, yeah. This is yeah. the main character in a major motion picture. So this is a big commitment on their end. Yeah. They, they got to make sure they, they got to make sure they get right, it right. right. Or so, as close to right as possible. Right. So, I mean, I went to the Bronx. They loved my audition tape. I got a call from De Niro's production company down in uh, Tribeca. Mm-hmm. Got invited down there. And it was very overwhelming initially because I've never seen anything like this. And you walk into a room, there's like 50 kids in there. Yeah. Because it was an open call. So yeah. you, you didn't need an agent, you know, you, you didn't need anything like that. So when I first went in, I was kind of like intimidated because you had like kids that were like real actors. Like yeah. In the corner and now you start, now, 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 now your brain gets into it as right. opposed to right. just the feel of just, you know, doing, doing your thing. Right. You got guys yeah, who now- sign lines in the corner. <laughs> like, oh, wow, you know, he's a real actor. And, uh, you know, I got a call back the next day. Yeah. That went well the next day, the next day. So, so uh, as the days went on, there was less and less people. There. Yeah. It got to a point where like two weeks later, I was the only guy there. Uh-huh. And they would have me work with acting coaches and, you know, things like that. And I remember one acting coach, she just made me scream and yell. Yeah. She said, just scream and yell and run around the room. Yeah. So I guess if you're not nervous to do that, you won't be nervous to do anything and else. And what, what make uh, a fool out of yourself in what, front of a What part of New York was your background? What, what, what? Yonkers, New York. Okay. Yonkers. Okay. I mean, I, I've been through there. I haven't been, you know, a ton of times, but I, you know, I mean, but I mean, you had the authenticity of being from from you know from that area. I mean, I mean, were these kids, were, were the kids cast? I mean, were a lot of them from this region, or were all over the place? Kind of. Um, were they? You know, were they? Were they? Trying to find somebody like a, you know, from this area. Three kids were actually from the Fordham section of the Bronx. Oh, okay. The film took okay. place. Yeah. A Ralphie, Aldo, and Nikki Zero. Mm. Slick, he was from Brooklyn, uh-huh. Bensonhurst, and Crazy Mario was from the Bronx, <laughs> but he was from Pelham Bay. Okay. You, you got to pass the Mario test anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How was it uh, working with with with, the, with those guys? Oh, it was great. Guys? Yeah, it was great. Did you end up like becoming friends with them after yeah, f- yeah. filming um, and everything? I I actually just got invited to a birthday party. Uh-huh. One of the guys after many many years, it's a surprise party, so I don't want to mention the name. I don't know, yeah. Casey. You know what I mean? But uh, Crazy Mario. Louis Fenaria is a really yeah. good friend of mine when I was away. Better be careful. John's writing down the information. I'm scared. John, my God. Crazy Mario came to see me while I was away. I was, a good yeah. friend. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's great to hear. I, um, and yeah, so, all right. So now, now you, you go through this process, you know, and you're kind of becoming now the front runner for, for the for the spot for, right. for Bronx. I mean, right. um, 
and what were you doing? Where were you when when you finally got the call? You know, I I would imagine from De Niro's production company or. or... Well, he told me personally. He told you. We did a screen test. I was going down there for like a month every day. Yeah. Reading with different kids. Yeah. To to play my friends, girls to play the girl. And he then said, "We're gonna have a screen test." Yeah. Didn't know what that was. He just said, listen, I want you to dress like you're going to church, collared yeah. shirt, slacks. What it meant was you're going to actually be put on film. Mm-hmm. People look different on film. Yeah. Film makes people look different. Some people look better. Some people look worse. Uh, went down to the screen test. It was a Thursday. Yeah. I found out that day that I was not the only guy there for my part, for huh. my role. The kid who shot Sonny. He was who was supposed to be C. Really? You know? Huh. Uh, he was supposed to be C, but he was 20. His name is Phil Garbarino. Uh-huh. He was 21 at the time. I was 16. Huh. It would have been a much different film. Yeah. Had that happened. Oh, yeah. Because the kid would have been 21. The friends would have been 21. And the girl would have been older. Which, to me, I'm sure Phil was great because he would have never gotten that far. Yeah. Had he not been great. But, but to me, I think the film works better when the guy's yeah, younger. Yeah. Because there's that level that level of him being naive. Well, you get to see the whole thing. You get to see, you know, you get to see the older guy, like Sonny and all that, that crew. Right. Then you get to see down, like, the trickle-down effect of how the way the neighborhood neighborhood was and the times were affected all the way down to the childhood. Right. You saw all of it, you know, right, like right, the right. whole like transformation. So right. I, I think it would have been an entirely different movie. Right. It may, it, it was probably, it would have probably been good, but I just don't yeah. know if it would have worked as well. Yeah. Well, cause that's the thing. I mean, you know, you have the quotable lines of course and you know, right. the funny stuff, but like, yeah, I mean the movie also flows. Right. Like, I, I don't know that that would be, I mean, who knows? But that that I feel yeah, that would that would definitely change things up quite a bit if it was uh you know twenty one year old does it right right what was that so you don't have as many of those discoveries in front of you but absolutely yeah. you learned a lot already yeah you're a little a lot of stuff that Sonny was telling C yeah he would have known already um I mean well I'll go back to the movie in a second I mean. Do, do you still do you get approached? I mean, pretty much every day still about uh, with with uh, Bronx Tale kind of quotes or uh, I mean, you know, especially especially if you're around this area, you know, you know. Well, just or today anyway. we were at the uh, we're at the gas station. Yeah. And I don't even know how this guy saw me. I was having my head down. Yeah. And I look up and all I see is guy doing the you know the sunny <laughs> three fingers. five fingers. You only use three. <laughs> So I got the windows closed. He's talking. I can't hear him. All I see is, hey, who are you doing this? And then I opened the window. I shook his hand and said hello. And then at the rest stop was another guy. I said, oh, I grew up with you. I'm like, really? When did this happen? Like, you know that, right? Um, when the movie first comes out now, and again, I mean, what was that? 93. 93. So, you know, and obviously movies were, you know, it was a different deal back then, too. I mean, it was a big deal when movies came out in general, you know. Um I mean, was it a media when people, you know, people recognize you and, you know, or, uh, you know, did you start well, you feeling know, it? As I know, I know Bronx was a little bit different too. Bronx almost had like a cult kind of following. Right, right. The movie didn't get as popular until years later. Yeah. Um, box office. It didn't do as well as they thought it was. Gonna yeah. Do. But neither did Goodfellas. And that goes down as one of the best films ever. Yes. Um. 
it wasn't so much being recognized. It was more the people that already knew you just treated you differently because they yeah. were, were aware that you were in the film, yeah. the film was coming yeah. out. So, of course, they flocked to see it. Yeah. And then when they see you after seeing the film, you're being perceived. Yeah. Totally now they're taking your way. groceries down to your mother's right, car. Right, like Phil the Peddler. <laughs> I mean, see. Hey, that's, that's one of my favorite. I love that. Okay. Hey, hello, Joel. I, I mean, see. <laughs> Right? That's one of the best. That's one of the best. I love that part. Yeah. That, that that scene is unreal. But okay, so you, you know, it just like kind of like was almost like a validation at that. You know, you, you know, you, you now okay, now you like. Well, now they saw it. Now you, know, you they heard about you it. Arrived. You arrived. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like they heard you know. about it, and you know, it wasn't only a film, but it was a very well received one. Oh yeah, and, and, and one that transcends time. I mean, you could that. show that to kids now. And, that's know, transcends. Kids in- that's transcends like different. You know, families like between right. parents like, and kids. Of- that transcends, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, just like you know, present day versus the past. I mean, culturally, I mean, that movie is just you know that that's it's it's it's, just, it's up it there. Can, it can take place today. It just Absolutely. it would just be different wardrobe. So, yeah. You know, same players, different yeah. wardrobe. You know, and so, and so all right, and then since so you're you're on, you know, I know we're talking about when the movie came out, but. What was it like being on that on that on that uh, set? I mean, I mean, that, that, obviously you have all timers left and right all around you on that set. I mean, from Chaz Palminteri to, to you know De Niro, the whole nine. I mean, what, what was it like? Now you go from not acting, you're found on a uh, right on a beach, basically. You know, and then you've been you, you they kind of put you through the ringer and make sure you could handle it being in a major movie. You, you pass through all that right now, so now you're, now you're starting to shoot. So what is that like now? Every day going to, you know, be around these like like titans of of the movie industry, and you know, and, you know, and it's and it's a it's a big deal. I mean, you know, it's, it's a huge job. Um, well, they started shooting on August thirty first, nineteen ninety two, uh-huh. and that's they started with the little kid who played me at nine years old. Yeah, so. I kind of got a feel for it by going on set and watching the whole process. I didn't realize that the process was that intricate. Yeah. There was so much going on and that everyone on the set, as far as grips, electricians, Mm -hmm. wardrobe, you know, catering. It's like a a machine. Everyone is just as important because one part doesn't work. It affects the rest of the machine. As you put it, it's like, and uh, it was a pretty much all New York crew. A lot of the people work together. So by the time I started shooting, which was October 5th, 1992, I had a feel for it. So you it. had like two months under your belt or so. Two, three Just months. watching and observing. It's almost and like a so, backup quarterback. You know, right, you get to exactly. kind of see the speed of the game a little so bit. So by the time, I mean, obviously I was able to handle the acting part. Because yeah. Because I would have never... Been, Sorry, I turn everything into a sports analogy. Yeah, just yeah, to, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. It works. It's just me. It works. But uh, yeah, yeah. So by the first scene we shot was uh, Sonny and I when he was driving backwards. <laughs> that was the first scene. <laughs> Believe it or not, that was a uh, that was a pretty. Uh, I remember for a first scene that was pretty. There was a lot of dialogue there. Yeah, you know, there was like it was a pretty long scene and and. Uh, the most of the dialogue was him, and sometimes the it's harder to act when you're not speaking. Yeah, and you just got you got to listen, right? Listen, listen and yeah. make it like you're hearing yeah. this for the first time. Yeah, and not overreacting, mm-hmm. not underreacting, and uh, it was it was cool. It was great. 
That, that's a great scene too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, how, how far was that drive that, that he actually takes? What is it like? Oh, uh, maybe a block and a half. <laughs> okay. Maybe a block and a half. Sounds about right. I, I never really. I think the meaning was, you know, like that's his neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. He's just and yeah. rather to go all the way around yeah. the block, he just uh, backed up on that awesome. one way it's, and just went right in. You know? It's great. Yeah, that's what somebody you know he uses yeah. tree fingers and you yeah. do whatever. You, I mean, not, his not, no, no, but it is no, it, it, very much. It's like a symbolism kind of kind of thing. Um. It, you know, and, and as I, I mentioned, the cast. I mean, were there were there some guys you know that stood out like in terms of you know just working with or, or you know just being able to like see them in action, like just like you know seeing like how much how talented somebody is in in person, whether it be Robert De Niro. Is he just, yeah, is it just Robert De Niro? Yeah. You know, and here you know you get the, you're playing his son right, in your first role. I mean, I mean, I mean, you know what that role for him was probably his most underrated role. I liked him in that role as the the, the hardworking father. Yeah, that was one of his best roles and most. Authentic. Well, and it's crazy too because you know, as you mentioned before, you know, was his directing debut. So you know, right. he almost took a back seat to you know Sonny, and he, in a way, like you know. Yeah, he, but I liked him better. No, no, I'm saying it was yeah. it was very subtly done. It, but it, he, but he. You know, it was a good role for, you know, where it, 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 it was like almost like the glue of everything to right. what was that, that was going on. But very refreshing to see him in yeah. a role like that. But, you know, just for it being his directing debut, you know, he's not going around killing everybody, you know, being the monster right. and right, right. this and that. Complicated things too much. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely it works. But, but I mean, yeah, working with him every day, I imagine, is just like a, you know, just I means again, to go from not being in a movie to that is just got to be wild. You know, especially, you know, growing up watching a guy like that and everything. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, it was my childhood idol. Uh, that's awesome. So, um, and, and so how long did the movie take to uh, to shoot? About four and a half months. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah. And, and and then from there... To like, be what, able to what? do that, you have to, you have, to have a nice size budget. Mm -hmm. You get these independent films, maybe three weeks in and yeah. out. You know, but when you have the budget, like the Bronx still did, you actually can afford to shoot a scene. And you're trying day. different stuff. Do you, do you try different things out more? Like, you know, well, within a scene, imp improvise? And nah, the, you know, it's really hard to improvise. And mm. I'll tell you why. Well, first of all, when you improvise, you have these writers and these big name writers. And they're like, take real a lot of pride in their writing. They don't want and a lot of time their writing is what makes the show. Like yeah. Sopranos, David Chase wrote oh, yeah, that show. Yeah. It, was, it was unbelievable. That whole crew was. Yeah, I mean, I mean you, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, the whole yeah. But the yeah. writing is yeah. where it started. Yeah. Well, no, no, I, I mean, even the other writers on that show, right, were, like down the line. Well, I mean, everybody involved in that show. They went on to do Mad Men, Boardwalk Empire. This was Chaz Palminteri's. Yeah. You know, he. This was his life. This, you know, he wrote oh, this. Yeah. And when you, when the, the process is, you know, you, you shoot coverage, you shoot a master shot. Mm -hmm. which is a wide lens and then you move in for a close-up a close-up a two shot yeah and it's hard to improvise because when you're editing it everything has to match so if you're saying one thing in one take okay. and then another one you cut it together yeah it's I not going to match i got gotcha. the only way to be able to do that is to be able to use multiple cameras at once mm -hmm. but that's also difficult because it's hard to light yeah. because you have to have one camera where the other camera doesn't see that yeah. camera. Well, this goes back to what you were lights. saying before about, you know, everything has to flow within like one unit, like, right. or, or it just doesn't work. Right. Absolutely. 
I mean, have you been on movies like that where, you know, where you could just tell immediately maybe everybody's not in sync or, or have you never had that experience? You know, I mean, like, like I mean, I, I, I've seen, I'm not going to mention yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I'm not, I don't want you to throw anything under the bus. But, but uh, or, yeah, or, or, I've, I've seen it. Okay. I've seen and, yeah. but you know what it is? It's so hard. I mean, to start and for a Bronx Tale to be your first film, yeah, that kind of sets the bar. I mean, it's like, it's almost like, where do you go from there? There's really nowhere yeah. up. You just work with the best. He was a, they made his directorial debut and chose you to be the lead. Well, yeah, and, and so it's, it's, like, it's not like you're 10 years old. I mean, now by the time I, I guess by the time it came out and everything, what are you, 17, 18? 17. I mean, so you're like right in like the, you know, peak of your life. Right. As this is coming out. Right. I mean, that's. Right. It was, so, and what was I like after? Like what, what, like, you know, right after the movie comes out and like, like we were talking about, you know, it didn't didn't have the box office buzz maybe that everybody expected but obviously over time has oh, yeah. become you know a, a monster but right. uh i mean but after, right you know you know at, at, you're, you're 17 18 years old right after the movie's you know done and out now what was next for you you know career wise yeah like what 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 was going on you know did, did were you getting better scripts? Were you getting, you know... Well, it's the, hard to say a better script. That well, well I, I'm, I'm just saying, but I mean, the, were you, like, 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 just like... Were you, yeah, were you, yeah, well, I had yeah, an agent. Yeah. I was with William Morris, okay, the agency. Okay. So, yeah, you, Great you, agency. Yeah. I was getting scripts left and right. My second feature was uh, Renaissance Man. Okay. Penny Marshall, yeah. Mark Wahlberg, uh, Danny DeVito. Great cast. That was shot in uh, South Carolina and California. That was my first time on the West Coast. My third feature was Crimson Tide, Denzel Washington, Gene yeah. Hackman. I mean, in a whole, you know, so many other actors. Wow, so you, I mean, right off the jump, I mean, you're you're going through. Yeah, you're, you're, really, you're, really you're just churning through the right. Hollywood uh, A list. I mean, but the, you know, at my age and the fact that I never really wanted to be an actor, I kind of took it for granted and uh -huh. squandered a lot of opportunities. Then passed up on scripts because let's not forget I was only a kid mm -hmm. and I you know my friends were going to high school and yeah. doing summer vacation. And, I mean, did you end up moving out to Cali? Did no, you, I didn't. You stayed. You stayed back here. That was probably a mistake. I regret not doing that. Mm -hmm. But what well, just just because what you're not you as much more, in the center of it like like you would be out there is that more opportunity out there? Yeah. I mean, you can go to a Starbucks and get a coffee before going to the gym. And, and all of a sudden, you have, and you have a yeah, script. Some directors in the corner, some up and coming guys got a big film he's doing. Yeah. There's a few roles he didn't cast and, you know, looks at you. I was like, oh, wow, that's that guy from the Bronx deal. I love that film. Yeah. You know, kind of like, you know, and uh, wasn't thinking of you prior yeah. to seeing you walk into Starbucks. Yeah. But now it's like, hey, you know what? He'd be perfect for the role of Michael. Yeah. And, well, you're with William Morris. I mean, did you have your family involved at all, like with like managing you or did you keep everything? No, no, everything I, was always separate. Like, the, right, how did right, you like, I mean, my father used to come with me as a chaperone. Okay. So, okay. So, but, um, but they kind of kept you like insulate, you know, you, well, they, you, they, 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 they wouldn't know how to do that anyway. Yeah. My parents are immigrant but Italians. Like, uh, yeah. They're there. They wouldn't know where to start. They had no, but experience. I'm saying, did you, I actually mean, like, did you have a good setup in terms of just like, kind of, you know, kind of keeping like the, like the noise and the distractions, like, out of your life, you know, on a, or, you know, like, you know, being surrounded by family and being well, back yeah, home. yeah, that always kept me grounded. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, working class, yeah. middle, middle class, working class family. Yeah. Um, And that's what I enjoyed being. I knew what I was and I enjoyed being that. Yeah. But that just happened to be what I did for a profession. Yeah. No, you know? yeah. No, because I mean, you know, some, you know, you hear so many different stories, but, you know, like somebody, 
like blows up overnight and it's like you know sometimes families just have no idea how to handle that like that kind of fame so i mean it's good you know if, if you have like the foundation almost in right, place I had a really to, good support system yeah and, which uh, is it which is you know, you know vital the problem i was the problem i was my own worst enemy mm -hmm. um i wasn't ambitious i wasn't as ambitious as i should have been given the opportunities that i was given and what do you mean by like, 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 was that like the time almost like to like cash in right there? Like, like where well, you yeah, could have like. Yeah, that's when I had to capitalize. Yeah. Like where, where Hollywood's you... all about what, you know, what have you done for me lately? Mm -hmm. And, you know. Did you have more of like the attitude of like that you thought it was going to, it was, it was just never going to, okay. Right. But I didn't know the business part of it. Yeah. And it ends real quick. It ends well. real quick. And you got to, you know, you got to, you got to, you need good representation. Yeah. To be able to capitalize in the most effective way yeah. on every opportunity. Somebody like who's constantly has their ear, like who knows what's like. And knows how to strategize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based no. on what this film we just did, I think I need yeah. to do this for you now. Mm. And to get you in the room with this guy. Because, you know what I mean? And just. Yeah. On paper, I mean, you know, you're with William Morris at that point. I mean, who is, third, I mean, the. They're among the top. ICMCAA, William Morris. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't, I don't not, you don't have to <laughs> throw anybody under the bus. I mean, I mean, did, did that relationship just not go great or just kind of just. My, once again, my fault. Yeah. Because I squandered so many opportunities. These people put a lot, they put a lot into me. Yeah. They were getting me out there. There were times I was missing auditions, not showing up to things and. You know, an agency at that level is not going to put up with that. They mm. have no reason to. Yeah. They have no reason to. And, uh, you know, it was my own fault. It is what it is. You know, you I, can't uh, dwell in the past. You learn yeah. from it and, you know, just hope not to make those mistakes again. And so so how long were you with them for? Like, um, as, as to, uh, or I mean, and it doesn't have to be exact time. Just, 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 just two, two, three years. Okay. And then, so, and then, so now where, whereabouts are we now? Like, like, do, like. Like how old are you at this point I'm now? About 18, 18, okay. 19. So now you're, you know, you're figuring out kind of like your next, your next moves. And I, um, what, what were some of the, like the movies or projects that followed that, uh, in, that in that time period? I did a film called Provocateur. It was an independent film with okay. Jane March, the girl from the color of night with Bruce okay. Willis. We shot that up in Montreal. Uh, it was good. It was yeah. a good film. It wasn't at the level of the ones I had done prior. And I did notice that, even though I didn't have much experience in the film business, <clears throat> I did notice when doing that film that it was a, a it was a level beneath what I had been doing. Yeah. And this was again my fault because of the opportunities that I squandered, and it, it slips away that easily. Yeah. And you don't realize. Well, um, yeah, and, and I mean. Uh, I, I I can imagine. I mean, especially in that world. I mean, where everything's probably moving probably five times faster than you know just even normal life. Uh, so, what year was it now when you get cast uh, for Sopranos? And and if you can like just give a little background on like how that came about, because I mean that you know I mean I all of a sudden it was just like oh C's back C's C for C's on the Sopranos now but uh you know but it was a you know it was a very important role for that season especially so um right, right. But, yeah you know so I mean if anything you can give on that like just you know how that all kind of came together and um you know the year and everything um the Sopranos that was you know I had read for a role 
in the first season. Okay. But at that point, nobody knew the show was going to be uh, the success that it was. Oh, yeah. They didn't even know if it would make it. To... They didn't even know if it would get a second season. Nah. Okay. I read for Christopher Moltisanti's friend, uh, Brendan Falone. Yeah. Remember Andy? Oh, yeah, they yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, you read, oh, yeah. You read for the part. I read for that. I read for okay. that part. They, I remember them saying, Lilo, we like you very much, but we think you're a little too young for this role. Mm. Uh, but if we get another season, we'll bring in if there's anything right for you. You know, the right for yeah. anything, we'll bring in. Sure enough, the show was uh, an overnight sensation. Yeah. Smash, you know, it was the hugest thing in the world. James Gandolfini, I don't think anybody knew how much talent that man had inside him after seeing, until yeah. they saw him play Toys. Oh, uh, yeah. He took things to a new level. Yeah, I mean, so even they, down to like, like, you, like his breathing. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I say that all the time. Like, like you, like it, it was. I say it's that just amazing. All the time. It's like so he real. could do a scene with no talking and just with like a bag of like a thing of cold cuts. You're and, right. And, and, You're and right. breathing. You're I say, I say it all the time. Just, the breathing. Just, the breathing is something. It's the most I, like compelling thing in the world. It's amazing. You're right. The guy was. He was, and he was a good dude too, from all I heard. Like everything, oh, yeah, I, like, yeah. like nothing that's, like that character. He no, was, he I heard was, he's like a very mild mannered. Yes, good, like good guy. Every word. Yeah. Like if not, you put it this way, if you spoke to him on the phone, you wouldn't even know it was him. Yeah, that that's that, funny. That's what you uh, know. That's what I've always read about him. I mean, I still don't know him, but um, but that that's interesting. I, yeah, I mean, just very humble. Very, just like very family oriented. I mean, it's just obviously terrible what happened to him. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, it, like almost, yeah, nothing like Tony Soprano whatsoever, at all. Um, Absolutely right. So and so, how, how did that so come sorry. together with, with 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 getting that role? Oh, I, well, I'm sorry. You, you, so you, you, the season before they after you know they said you might be a little bit young for this part, but we'll, we'll, they got the second yeah. season. They bought me in. There was a okay, role so they stuck to their word. Matthew Bevilacqua yeah. brought me in. Obviously, they liked what I was able to yeah. do with the character. Offered me the role. Uh, that's... Yeah, and that was like uh, you know, it was like a second coming. Oh, so, some of the scenes you uh, and and who's the actor who, who played Sean Gismonti? Oh, uh, his name is Chris Tardio. Okay. Staten Island, real good guy. You guys were perfect together. Yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. it was like the like perfect like one two punch, yeah, right? Yeah. Like yeah. The, some of the lines you guys had were just. Yeah, I well, mean, then, then, it, there it, again, you know, yeah, the right. chase. The it's writing just, was. I mean, it was. Oh, it just, just. There was one scene that was cut out. There was a couple scenes that were cut out. Uh, there was a scene when we were with Chris Christopher. Do you remember the scene when he and his girlfriend get into an argument in front of me and my friend in the bar? Yeah. And she was telling him, you know, she was saying you almost lit the house on fire yeah, when yeah, you're yeah, trying yeah. to cook your shit. Yeah. They say that there's a scene <clears throat> that follows right after that. And Christopher's walking in front of us. And he's walking in front of us. Yeah. And he's saying, you know, that fucking bitch, I can't believe she did that. Or, you know, something yeah. along those lines. You know. Can't believe she'd fucking do that in front of my friends and whatever this and that. And then I said, "Absolutely, fucking cunt!" <laughs> right? The so next thing you know, he fucking elbows me right in the throat and he fucks me up. And he goes, "That's my fucking problem. You shut the fuck up about that." Right? So then there's a scene. Do you remember when we're on the job site? Yeah. We're not. Tony's yeah. not supposed to be seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, my friend is such a moron. The character. Hey, Tony! Right? Tony's like, you fucking moron. I'm not so, before that scene, there's a scene 
in the car. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and my friend is trying to convince me, like, you know, like, listen, man, just be cool with Christopher. Come on, man. Yeah. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, bro? Yeah. I'm like, he elbowed me in the esophagus. I can't eat <laughs> solids. And you want me to be nice to this fucking guy? And the, the writing was great. Yeah. But I guess just, I don't think this scene was cut out for any other reason. But that it was maybe when you put it all together, it's past. Yeah. It's too long. Yeah. Because you got to understand it's got to fit in that whatever, yeah, hour. Yeah. yeah or a little bit less with credits. Right. and. But yeah. No, uh, the, the, that's why. Yeah. It was always good. When you guys would run into Tony at the uh, at the strip club. Yeah. The, yeah. And oh, it was always just more awkward than the next. Like, yes. just trying to make conversation with yeah, them. Yeah. Like, I was the one I like to break my dick off. Yeah, there. Yeah. No, because I said, damn, I said, you know, I'm taking a piss next to him. And I said, hey, Tony, you know, I'm like, a little awkward moment, you know, and, you know. Just you know, looking at him and trying to find the moment, and it's like, uh, "Hey, Tony, how you doing?" Uh, Matt Bevelacqua, Evo Bevelacqua's nephew, and he looks at me and says, "Yeah, I know." Like, what the fuck do you want from me? Like, well, yeah, I know. <laughs> so then I kind of like change it, change yeah. the subject yeah. a little bit, and I remember when we cut, Gandolfini liked it very much, and he laughed. That was it, because you got to say he was in Crimson Tide as well. Yeah. So I knew Gandolfini. Uh-huh. I knew him from then, and nobody knew. That this guy had what he had inside of him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Crimson Tide was a smaller role. Yeah. He was great in Crimson but, but Tide. He, yeah, he, but I don't think with that role being that it, it was didn't a small role, show... he wasn't able to showcase yeah. the, 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 the the actor that he was. No, nah, he was, he, I mean, in, incredible. I mean, just, yeah, just yeah. an incredible guy. Um, and I mean, and was that always the plan for the. Um, uh, for, for the uh, for the show, I mean, you know, to last one season. I mean, I, obviously, with the, with the with the characters you guys were playing, I mean, you obviously didn't have the longest shelf life. I imagine, uh, you know, from a character point of view of, uh, you know, joining Richie to uh, <laughs> fight with Tony, <laughs> or I'm sorry, fight against Christopher. Yeah. So, um, was that always a one season deal, or, or you know, pretty much on, on Sopranos? Uh, well, Sopranos, they're very, very. Private, you don't know much about yeah. what's going to happen. Every script is labeled with your own number on oh, it. Oh, they like watermark it almost. Right. Like, yeah, you you yeah. you cannot divulge any of the the the, the script or yeah. any of the storyline. Um, I kind of didn't know my fate. I they kind of didn't tell me till later on. Oh, okay. Because I guess they didn't want me to reveal anything. Yeah. So, uh, but hey, you know what? To have been on, to have been to have been one scene in a show of that caliber would have been an honor. Well, you know? I, mean, oh, I, I mean, you know, he, I mean, I, I know there, there's a few members of the club, but I mean, you know, between Bronx Tale, Goodfellas, and that, I mean, the Maddie Faz Podcast with your host, the one and only Maddie Faz. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? Maddie Faz here, and I've been making a lot of promises for a lot of months, much like LeVar Ball, and maybe a few broken promises, but I have told you, Pretty Fuzzy Productions is making big moves, and I can promise you, come 2018, will be the best thing going, with the best content, the most downloads, and the longest lines, of course, and uh, we'll still try to avoid using some of the uh, tech fuzzy words that... 
but I have hinted that girlfriend Jenna will have one of the first new shows launched on Pretty Fuzzy Productions Network. You've read her blogs for years and heard her ever so often, but get ready as Jenna Feliz Navidad presents The Real Chit Chat. Yep, that's right. The podcast that will be your go-to must-listen source for all the happenings in the pop culture world. We have plenty of more details coming up on The Real Chit Chat with Jennifer Lee, and uh, we promise it will become your addictive pop culture celebration. That's right. The Real Chit Chat coming soon to Pretty Fuzzy Productions, and uh, you'll want to make sure to listen to that one slew of other shows coming your way uh, over the next few months. That's all I got. But I might as well let the uh, happy bed music keep playing, so we'll uh, go out for that. Today's podcast and special interview is being brought to you by Lay Logistics, the title sponsor of today's show, a 100% family-owned, Jersey-based freight transportation and logistics company. They offer 40-plus years of knowledge, experience, and the relationships to prove it. Lay Logistics identifies your shipping needs and handles accordingly. No more of the 1-800 numbers and crossing your fingers that your freight is picked up. Visit their website at laylogistics.com or call them at 908-380-8416. You can speak anytime directly to the person booking, tracing, and most importantly, ensuring your freight arrives on time. Also, Lay Logistics is a TIA member and they'll move all types and sizes of freight, dry and refrigerated goods from as little as one pallet to a full truckload. And I can speak personally knowing the professionals involved with the company I've used the service myself. It's a call that will make your life a lot easier, especially if you're shipping stuff. Uh, and who doesn't want that? At Lay Logistics, they take the word cargo and emphasize go. And we thank Lay Logistics for being the title sponsor of today's very, very special edition of the Maddie Faz Podcast. Back to the show, the Maddie Faz Podcast, with your host, the one and only Maddie Faz. All right, we're back on the Maddie Faz podcast. Lilo Brancato Jr. Uh, down here. Did I get that right? That yes, time? you did. Finally, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on a roll. You got uh, oh, you, you took the Maddie Faz podcast hat off. You got the Nets back on, but but uh, hopefully we'll <laughs> hopefully we'll see you around New York wearing the Maddie Faz podcast hat. Appreciate it, man. Um, uh, uh, but before the uh, break, we were talking about uh, you know your time on The Sopranos, and I mean. It, uh, again, just you, you talked about how great the writing was. I mean, how was it? And, and, and about James Gandolfini, but I mean, what would you say overall, just working with that cast and just like that whole time period? How would you describe it? Um, it was very surreal because I had seen the show the season prior. It was, you know, a huge success. And, you know, it's kind of intimidating also to be on that set. Knowing that the show had a certain reputation to uphold, yeah, because it was so great, so you kind of had to live up to that. You're, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, through your part, 
yeah. who kind of had to live up to Yeah, that. you didn't want to be the person to let down. Right. L- the l- show, l- the season was great, but that guy Lilo, uh, you know, they could have got somebody better, yeah. you know. That's so um it was intimidating, but it was also very yeah. rewarding. Well, uh, you know, very, you know, great acting, great writing. I mean, overall well, it was a very, very good experience. And I'm not just saying this because you're because I mean, we of course, you know, uh, my friends who uh, who are Sopranos fans will talk about. It. I mean, season two really is just ridiculous. I mean, it's so good. I mean, like the, like if you go through episode by episode, I mean every every episode is good in the season. You know, it's it's just it's amazing. Like how what was going like how talented the cast was at that time. All the extras were good. I mean, it was just like it was just loaded. I mean, no, 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 the, no it was tremendous. The, I mean, the quality. Look, 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 I mean, just looking at that picture, the wardrobe. I mean, just everything. Yeah, you man. know, it was just, just, just everything came together. Yeah, I mean, well, I, real magic. That, that was from what in Queens, right? Uh, Sopranos. Yeah, was it? Was no, Bronx Tale oh. was shot in Queens. The majority of it was shot in Astoria, Queens. The girls' neighborhood was in uh, Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn. Okay. The wood, the the. Uh, oh, I, oh, I, 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 the Sopranos. Wait, Sopranos. I thought Sopranos. Oh, Sopranos. Yeah. Okay. You, yes. Yes. Where is it? It's like all silver, the in, uh, silver cup the studios. Silver cup stu- studios. But that okay. was the interior stuff. Okay. And the other stuff was the stu- exterior is all on location. Yeah, on like Caldwell and all right, those right. towns. All, okay. Yeah, yeah, all in Jersey. Okay, I got you. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I couldn't remember the name. I, thought, I knew it was something, something cup studios, yeah, but silver right, and they right in whole, uh, like Long a, Island City. Yes. Right, and it's like a sprawling complex there. Right, they had like, like all, like obviously it grew. I'm sure. Yeah, I, they I, used to make bread there. There used to be a bread factory <laughs> or something like that. That's what it was. I uh, love you it. Know, prior to being Silver Cup Studios. That's great. Um, so, so you you do you do the bit on on Sopranos. I mean, what what was next? What was next after that? Like the what, what you know in in. Uh... Well, I did a show for CBS. It was loosely based on the whole Donnie Brasco thing. Okay. It was a show called Falcone. Yeah. Um, you know, that whole, you know, guy was undercover, you know, he's infiltrating yeah. our crew. Uh, but that was right around the time of the Columbine shooting. Mm-hmm. So when the show was to be released, we kind of had to delay it because we had a moral obligation to not do yeah, yeah. something violent on TV at yeah. that point in time after what had just happened. Yeah. Then when they finally did release it, it was released as kind of like a miniseries over like eight nights. Mm. I've never heard anything like that. Yeah. I mean, it's like hard to get viewers to commit to an eight yeah, night eight, miniseries. Yeah, eight nights is a... <laughs> so um, the ratings weren't what they expected. Mm. So they gave it another shot. And then once again, the time slot and just the way they went about it, it was a, it was a 10 o'clock Saturday night summer show. No one's watching TV. Yeah. So the show didn't make it. It was canceled. I never mm. heard about it again. That's shame. Yeah. Sucks. So ah. then I did some, you know, I did some uh, independent films. I, I remember I was in, uh, this is not a film that I'm proud yeah. of, but uh, it was called uh, Pluto Nash, The Adventures of Pluto Nash with I, Eddie I, Murphy. No, I, yeah. I it probably I, went down as his worst film ever. <laughs> I, no, well, really, it was. The other one on the top of my. Vampire in Brooklyn? Work with this. I, I don't know. Anyways, but um, I, I have heard of Pluto Nash. So I, I I didn't see it, but yeah, bad, 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 bad there was a writer strike. Oh, okay, it was around that time. Period. Yeah, it was around okay. that time. So yeah, a lot of things of, got screwed up during. Right, the, they kind the, of rushed the film. Yeah, in anticipation of a writer strike, it didn't yeah. end up happening. Um, and this is no, this shouldn't be a reflection of the producers. 
The yeah. producer was Martin Bregman, who also produced Scarface, yeah. Sea of Love, Carlito's Way. So he's a great, great, great producer. Yeah. I think just the timing was off. Mm -hmm. But I can still say I worked with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So. Um, and, and at this point in your, your career, you're, you're still back. You're still in New York, right? You, you, ne you never moved out to L.A.? Well, I used to go out there for I mean, I mean, months at a time, okay. but never officially moved you, out you there. Stay, you stay, you stay, um, I mean, uh, did you hang out a lot, a lot of like the same people or did you, you know, kind of form a new group of friends after you, you know, got, got your fame? I mean, how, how did all that kind of stuff work? Like the day, uh, day to day life stuff, you know, just like pretty much the same people, yeah. with some new additions, yeah. you know? But people you could at least trust to like be around, you know, have around or, well, or no, no, okay. Because by that point in my career, I started using and abusing drugs. Okay. And, uh, you know, when you do that, you sort of alienate a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your top priority in life is to use drugs. Yeah. So now you start letting people in mm -hmm. that are going to help facilitate the drug use. Yeah. So these are other people using drugs. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, trust and a dr yeah. drug addict, those two, it's yeah. kind of hard to find Well, that. I guess, yeah, well, we'll, I guess we'll, we'll get into a little bit into this. So, I mean, around this time period, um, as, as you're describing, I mean, so now some other, I guess, you know, some of these, some of these people are starting to kind of matriculate into your life a little bit. And you said you're, you're, you're using drugs and, um, I mean, are, are the people closest to you? Are they aware of it? Or are, are you you hiding it? Like I mean, like how? Uh, they were aware of it, but they weren't aware of the fact that it was as much of a problem. Okay. Than, than it actually yeah. was. Yeah. And of course, like any other disease, uh, yeah. it only progresses. Yeah. What What were like the drugs, drugs of choice? choice? Yeah. Well, alcohol, marijuana, yeah. mm. cocaine, um, prescription pain medication. Mm -hmm. Which later became heroin. Yeah. Never, you know, intravenous use. It was always snorting. Yeah. And then from the cocaine, it went to the crack cocaine. Um, and it got really bad. It got yeah. really dark. And I imagine, you know, being, you know, working a working actor. I mean, it's, I mean, it's easy for a normal suburban kid to get. I imagine it, it's probably easy to find people to get stuff from you know in your oh, position yeah, you know i'm sure, I'm sure there's people and, and approaching you spot i went to yeah where you would get these guys weary of selling drugs to someone because they fear of that person being a cop yeah but that was never an issue with me because yeah. they knew exactly who i was yeah and it's like what do you want you know here it is yeah so that that, that just made well, that that, that, that that made matters much worse Um, so yeah, so I mean, that just adds to the whole, the whole scenario. I mean, that's like pouring well, gas, that's like pouring gasoline on the fire right, at that point. Expedited the whole, yeah. The whole journey. Yeah. The whole, you know, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Not a positive journey, but it was a journey. Um, it's, it's, how, how many years would you, or like, you know, estimated time would you say you were using for, you know, and, you know, like, I guess. Well, my first, you know, I smoked. Marijuana on the set of a Bronx Tale. That was when I was 16, which was 1992. Mm -hmm. um, it went all the way to 2005 until the fateful night, December 10th, 2005. Yeah. And, and okay, and as for that night, I mean, like, what can you tell us? I don't. I, I'm, I'm sure you've spoken about it. Uh, you know, 
well, too know, many times to count, but uh, you, know, you know, like uh, you know, at that point in time, I was a crack cocaine and heroin addict. Mm-hmm. Um, was with a girl at the time. She didn't want to be with me anymore. I became friends with her father as a reason to still be able to go by the house mm-hmm. and see her. Uh, he was a bad guy. You know, we started hanging out more and more. One night we went to a, a house in which, uh, you know, we tried to get drugs from inside. Mm-hmm. A window was broken. Uh, a New York City police officer who was off duty, lived next door, heard the broken glass, came outside, uh, said to me, don't move. I moved. I was shot. Uh, my, but I didn't see what happened between him and my friend. Yeah. Because I once I got shot, I was. Where did you get shot? In, uh... I got shot in my abdomen. Okay. Um, and by my rib cage, I got grazed. After that happened, I was very afraid. Yeah. I, I was not armed yeah. that night, so uh, not being armed, I didn't have any way to defend myself. So I got out of there as fast as I possibly could. Mm. I didn't see the aftermath, but I heard it. Mm. Was not aware that the guy I was with. Was carrying a gun. It's my girlfriend's father. Yeah. And this is guy that you know. It's not like we had a relationship or like we hung out and like cleaned guns together. Yeah. And you know, this is. And he was an older man. He's not a guy that yeah. says, "Hey, you see my gun?" You know. <clears throat> you know. Uh, this like you know, like I said, this guy had a history. Yeah. Um, he was a street guy, and I didn't know all of this until later, until it was too late. When you get the case yeah. file and start reading, yeah. and like, wow, I didn't know. I just know it was my girlfriend's father. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, and I mean, the well, result well, well, of the gunfire, the gunfight that had erupted, yeah, uh, the res- resulted in the death of the, uh, police officer. The undercover cop, yeah. Yeah, his name was, uh, Daniel Enchategui, because we were in the alleged commission of a burglary. I was charged with felony murder, went to Rikers Island, uh, Spent three years there fighting the case. Eventually, uh, went to trial. I, I mean, I know it sounds like the most ridiculous question, but how, I mean, how how was it there, Rikers? Is it, is it as bad? I mean, oh, it's hell on earth. Okay, it's a bad place. Yeah, I, I mean, you just always obviously hear about how horrible it is, but yeah, it's bad. I, is and, it as bad? And, you know, I, and the, the fact, the thing that made it much worse was what I was facing. Yeah, life behind bars. So dealing with that in that yeah. environment. Kind of makes things really, really, well, uh, really dark, you know. And really I mean, fast. and again, and you know, and I mean, at this point, obviously, you're. I mean, I imagine either you're still using or kicking, kicking the habit, or you know, I mean, did, were you clean here yet, or, or are you still in the process? Of, I was again? still using the so, first year. So now you're process, trying to process all this shit in your head of what well, you're I facing. Was still, I was getting drugs at church. I was getting morphine at church. Yeah. How the guy was getting heroin from. November 12, 2006, I overdosed it myself, still continue to use. November 18th is when I cleaned up my act. I got an attorney yeah. visit from my cousin and my friend. They said something that just stuck in my mind. I decided that day, mm. November 18th, 2006, that I didn't want to get high anymore. And like I said, that was, this November 18th, that was the 11, 11 year. years. That's great, man. So that... 11 years. Um, and then after my, you know, I reached that moment of clarity. I was able to focus more on what I had in front of me, and that was fighting a murder yeah. case. Yeah. Went to the law library daily, learned the, learned about the yeah. law, learned the charges I was up to, up against, and uh, you know, was able to help my lawyer help me. Yeah. Eventually went to trial in 2008. 
was acquitted of all the top charges. Was yeah, found yeah. guilty. No, which is huge. Yeah, yeah. you uh... was convicted of an attempted burglary in the first degree. Uh, with the sentencing guideline of three and a half to fifteen, the judge gave me ten, which we thought was a bit ex excessive, but that was all God's plan. Um, that was the exact amount of time that I needed upstate and away. Came home uh, New Year's Eve. And right, you went to uh, Oneonta. Is that Oneida? Okay. Oneida. In uh, Rome, New York. Okay. It's between Syracuse and New York. Yep. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, came home. While I was there, I was able to maintain my sobriety. I earned a yeah. degree in business management, which I paid for out of my own pocket. It wasn't offered through this facility mm -hmm. to get books and stuff. It was a real, it's a real degree. So, it's not a certificate. And as a I mean, result of that degree. I mean, I, as bad as, you know, obviously it's it, the situation sucks, but I mean, it sounds like you made the absolute best of it. And like, I tried it, to, it almost like, you know, in a weird way, it's almost like you kind of needed some kind of, of course I did. divine yeah, intervention to happen. Like everything to, other than the fact that, you know, I know, someone lost uh, yeah, their I life. Know that, I mean, that, yeah, everything else that happened other than that was a blessing. Because yeah, it, it could, saved my life. And I recognized that, and I knew that, yeah. you know, I had to make the most of my time as a result of the degree, the, the associate's degree in business management. I was released six months early. Yeah. Um, been home, like I said, since New Year's Eve 2014. Um, you know, not going to lie, early on things were difficult for me. A lot of doors slammed in my face. Mm -hmm. But as time went on, I, you know, and, and I'm, like I said, I've maintained my sobriety. I've tried to share my story with as many people as possible in hopes of yeah. helping them, no, deterring them. Yeah, you haven't, so, you haven't evaded. Like it's, 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 it's interesting. I'm so used to hearing, you know, athletes and you know celebrities the whole night. They just evade questions and just you know give basically non-answers. So I mean, I appreciate that you. Uh, yeah, well, oh, you know what I'm saying? You answer. You. Well, this you, is the way I yeah, believe you, that you know when you are transparent yeah. like this. Uh, I think, and you hear yourself say. Yeah what's wrong with you and the things that were wrong and the mistakes that you made. Yeah. You keep hearing it, hearing it helps you not make those mistakes again. and helps you get better. Absolutely. No, uh, it's like I, an admission. Well, uh, you know I'm saying, and, and I mean, people are going to be more, they'll give you, I, I, I think, give you the benefit of the doubt a little bit more when they see that you, not are, everyone, but, but, more but, 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 you know, people, it, 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 I think it helps the process when you're just honest and just, talk you know normally so many people just you know they have no self-awareness and just you know don't know how to you know just don't won't won't talk about it or just evade questions so i, I appreciate that you're you know that you're, no you're honest about it um but no but i mean you know again it, and it you know obviously horrible that this undercover cop lost no, he was undercover he was off duty. Uh, off duty off, off duty i apologize um but you know terrible he, he lost was, his life you know, in his house terrible. just got off his yeah. shift heard broken glass and did what he was supposed to do you know, people say, you know, yeah. like, you know, you hear some people say, oh, but he was off duty. He should just mind his business and stayed inside. But, you know, that's, I don't believe that. I mean, because safe, there was a fire and a, there's an off duty firefighter. Yeah, he's going to. He sees that. Even though he's off duty, he's going to go try yeah. to put the fire out. Yeah. Because that's in him. That's what he does. And that's the same thing that this kid did. Yeah. And unfortunately, he lost his life. Yeah. And it's not a day that goes by that I don't think about that. Yeah. And that night, now I wish I could have changed its outcome, but you know you can't. Do was that. there? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, sounds like personally you're doing much better, and you know, you you know, you really are are in a good place. Um, was there any? Um, you know, has there been any? 
forgiveness or anything from 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 the family of of, of the of no, this not guy. that okay. I know of. I mean, okay. one of my parole stipulations is that I have no contact oh, okay. with them. Okay, okay. So I don't really know. Okay, <laughs> I don't really know how they feel. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's, oh yeah, it's a, it's, right. a, it's a, it's a tough, I mean, it's a, I mean, if it's a you turn, you, you know, the situation reversed, I don't know how I would feel. Yeah, but I yeah. guess you know if I saw that the okay, but but you but so, but so you can't even apologize if you no, want to. I will when I can. Yeah. Um, um, but you know, since I've been home, you know, I was you know, my I have two nieces, almost two years old. My nephew's five. You know, like I said, I've got you know my family trusts me again. Yeah, I've been able to work. I've done some films, you know, some really good ones. I've been cast in a you know Woody Allen film with Justin Timberlake, Kate Winslet. Was supposed to be an American sniper, yeah. parole wouldn't let me go. But listen, that's hey, not their hey, fault. The fact that the, hey, the fact that you're getting that opportunity is that's that's a positive. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, are there any other projects that you wanted to promote or that you got coming well, yeah, on? I got the film DOA Dead on Arrival. Okay. My friend Stephen Seffer, who wrote and produced. When is that looking? That like... should be coming out early next year. Okay. I got another one called Fury of the Dragon, where I play a detective. Yeah. Should be out sometime next year, and a documentary on my life. Uh, that the you know the uh, New York okay. City police. Officer, yeah, now that's the one you said. That's the one you said. You're not technically like involved with it in terms of like producing it, but you're no, but cooperating. I've, I've given my blessings. Yeah, okay. You're, you're letting them do it. The it's director, not like an unauthorized thing, right? Okay. Right. I saw that the director yeah. was a really good stand-up guy. Yeah. Not looking to hurt me. Um, yeah. But at, by no means is this a, a you know. But with that being said, by no means is this a puff piece. Yeah, it's not like you know, this is go a, through a, a, you know a documentary made by Team Lilo. Yeah. It's not because there's a lot of it's you know we're trying to balance it yeah. to try to show you know the, the, the both sides. Yeah. Well, um. But uh, I saw that Steve is really responsible. Yeah. And you know, and like I said, I want this to serve as a cautionary tale in hopes well, of deterring. I mean. Uh, I would imagine, you know, if you, if you stay on, on this path like this and, you know, and keep doing projects and churning stuff out, I mean, you know, the some eventually something's going to those get doors you. are, you know, right. are going to continue to open. So, I mean, it, you know, uh, as bad as the situation is, I mean, it, it, it's great to hear, you know, that you've turned it into a positive, you know, and, and you know, definitely congratulations on the 11 years. That's that is no small achievement, uh, I, you know, especially, you know, I can imagine going from day one to now 11 years. It's got to be. And, and especially from what you were dealing with at the time to, you know, to kick a habit is that's got to be just, you know, brutal, you know, during that whole time period. I mean, it's just, yeah. uh, but you know, that definitely, uh, awesome to hear you, uh, doing much better with it for sure. Um, you, you threw out some uh, uh, of the, the movies and, and projects you have coming up. Um, do you want to throw out like your Facebook or Twitter or, no, my or Instagram? Instagram, Instagram right, right, right now is Instagram. Okay. It's uh, Lilo L I L L O underscore Brancato. Okay. B R A N C A T O. Awesome. All right, and, and that, that's the best place for people, you know, people and fans. Yeah, and everything. they can follow. I post uh, and you post, post daily. You post, okay. Quotes and a lot, you know, anything I'm up to. Okay, great. On my page. All right, great. And uh, you know, hopefully, yeah. If, we, if uh, whenever your next movie comes out, if you want to come promote it, we'll have the new studio on the other side of town. But uh, I don't know if it'll be called the Fox anymore. But uh, uh, always welcome back here uh, for sure. And uh, you know, can promote. And uh, Thank you. Jay will allow it. Yeah. Go <laughs> He's Jay. the man. He's the man. He's gonna be running uh, North Jersey, Hudson County. Yeah. So. 
But uh, yeah, great having you. you on, man. Really Likewise, appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. I Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening. Lilio Roncato Jr. from uh, Bronx Tales of Sopranos. Check him out. A lot of uh, projects coming up as well. And uh, that's it for the Maddie Fast Podcast. See you next time. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to the Maddie Fast Podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit prettyfuzzy.com. Hit Matt up on Facebook and on Twitter at Matt Fazzlepore. If you like today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.